0: You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network.
1: Hey there, you're listening to Watching Friends. This is season three, episode three, the one with the jam. I'm Mark. And, uh,. Women talk. I'm Ryan, and I've not sold a single unit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's, there's been a little bit of Friends news out there again somehow. I don't know how. We keep having more news. It's really fortunate for us, though. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 it's a shame. I, it would have been great to do this in, like, you know, the mid-90s, because you would have had constant news and things to discuss, and now we kind of have, like, the rips and draps of, of it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we had... Um, Matthew Perry has finished his book, apparently. Uh, there, was, there was like a post saying, you know, he's, he's enjoyed writing it and would like to say more and whatever. And it's like, oh, I buy all accounts from the advertising. I thought it was kind of finished. Yeah, I assumed it was done. Yeah, yeah, especially as some news came out about the, the, the gory details and how the friends are terrible sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, so I'm still looking forward to that. Obviously, we've got quite a few months to go. What's it, October, November time it comes out? Yeah, so it sounds like
0: he submitted a sample. Got a big check to write the book, <laughs> yeah. and then that sample is what everyone's like been reading going, "Oh my
1: god, it's so saucy!" Yeah. And it's
0: like, yeah, it probably isn't.
1: You, you have to wonder if he's actually writing it himself as well, like because uh, a lot of these things have ghost writers for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. and you know he just gets to say the stories and they can fill it out right. But it would be interesting if he's actually sitting there, nothing else to do. It's like I'm going to write my book, tapping away, yeah, on his three megabytes of RAM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and we uh, we saw like a, a an interesting post uh, which was on Screen Rant. And it was basically how Richard potentially sabotaged Chandler and Monica's like marriage proposal. Yeah, the the initial plan, at least. So do, do you want to fill us in with what, what they said?
0: But basically, the, the general gist of it is in the episode where Chandler's planning to propose to Monica at a fancy restaurant, uh, Richard arrives at the restaurant, sees obviously Monica and Chandler, and he's there with a date. Um, and then everyone like kind of says hello and there's a bit of a hug. And the theory is that Richard felt the ring box in Chandler's pocket. And then when the waiter says, oh, do you want to sit here? The table's free, let's move tables together. Richard's like, yes! And he knows full well that Chandler will never propose in front of him. So he kind of deliberately sabotages the night no, in Chandler won't propose. Yep. And then following that, he goes to see Monica and tells Monica, Oh, you know, I still really like you. I'm into you. Let's let's be together. <laughs> I'm into
1: you. Yeah. I can't imagine Richard saying, <laughs> no, I'm into I. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the basic
0: gist of it. He deliberately sabotaged that night
1: so he could try and uh, get Monica back. That would be a pretty close hug to feel a ring box in your jacket pocket.
0: It would. And it would also be
1: way more underhand than I want to consider Richard to be. Yeah, like... I, I I don't know if you could say underhanded like you might be like oh he's like realized something. Uh but yeah Richard's not like that. I think Richard would probably let move to the side and let Chandler Maybe carry on, right? Maybe and,
0: it's just our crush on Richard. But the way it kind of obviously plays out in the show is Chandler doesn't propose. Richard spends the night with Monica again, not physically but they spend an yeah. the evening together at the meal. And then Richard realizes oh my god I want this woman
1: and then he goes and is direct about it. But but then when Chandler goes to see Richard, like Richard doesn't hide anything from him. He kind of is like, "Look, you go ahead." And obviously he goes there, and Monica's already set up and ready, right? Yeah. So he he does kind of step to the side. So yeah, fan theories are interesting, often full of holes, but they're fun to discuss.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, again, I mean, this one's it's not predicated on a whole lot. It's did Richard know the engagement was going to happen? How can I justify that theory? Oh he felt a ring box like it's
1: yeah i i much prefer the fan fears of you know this is all in phoebe's head or ross actually had a mental breakdown and lost custody of ben and then everything after the my sandwich is just made up in his head like those sorts of things are just kind of funny to think about because they're kind of so out there
0: yeah although i hate it when tv shows do that kind of stuff in an episode yes there's an episode of buffy where you're left at the end, not sure whether everything you've watched this far is real or is Buffy actually in a mental home. But they don't actually tell you one way or the other. It's like Buffy could be in a mental home yeah. and have imagined the entire series that you, you now love. Or maybe she's at home and this fever dream's happening and she's not mental, she is the Slayer. And obviously the show carries on, so you're supposed to assume that she is actually the Slayer. Yeah. But I still hate the episode because I'm like, well, don't make me doubt the show, even though it doesn't really matter. No, but no. in my head it does.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like Inception does that at the end very famously with the the spinning dreidel but that's a little bit different because it's like oh you know which is it but when it's like in the middle of a a huge series you're like no just tell me one way or the other because i'm always going to ruin it i'm always going to be thinking about it thankfully friends doesn't do that uh so we should probably get into this week's episode yeah so the one with the jam always descriptive as ever the titles
0: yeah we do discuss how awful some of the titles are sometimes i can think of about 17 okay i can think of two better titles for this Go like on. the one with the hug and roll yeah immediately reminds you what episode it is or the one with the sperm bank <laughs> immediately reminds you what it is but the one with the jam i was like what the band like oh it's just oh yeah this one
1: because it would be interesting to actually find out why they went with these titles like the one with and then whatever it is like it almost sounds lazy and maybe it is lazy and then it just became a thing because yeah. uh, I know like Family Guy initially, uh, they had like everything revolved around death for the first series, like in terms of their titles. So there yeah. was like uh Death of a Salesman and so and they tried to tie it into I wouldn't say pop culture but things that are in uh like entertainment culture already. Yeah. And they was like, This is really cool for about three episodes and I was like, We've actually run out of ideas. <laughs> Let's not do this. Let's, not do this. <laughs> Let's actually just come up with like proper titles.
0: I mean, I assumed it was some kind of clever kind of meta thing in the sense of when people will say "disgusting Seinfeld, yeah. you wouldn't be like, oh, do you remember insert episode title? Like, you, do you remember the face painter? Yeah. It would be, oh, do you remember the one with, and then you would explain what happened in the episode, and that's what, let's just call it that, because that's what
1: everyone's going to call them anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Rather than the Simpsons dash two for AB seven. So, yeah, we open up the boys apartment and Chandler can hear the bed springs bouncing from Joey's uh, bedroom. bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, we've we've all been there if you've shared a place with someone, uh, but it's it's not quite what you think. Uh, as he shouts, "Mum!" I don't know if it's mum if it's, if it's just a scream. It sounds like mum. Sounds like mum to me as well. Yeah. But it sounds like a scream. It's, it's a scream, and he falls to the floor. Uh, Chandler then rushes in. We don't see Joey here because we're like from inside Joey at Joey's room because Joey's room doesn't exist really. No. Uh, certainly at this point in the show, and we just see like like Chandler standing in the doorway, um, and he just says that you know. This is why your parents told you you should not jump on the bed. Now, let's explain this scene uh, because this is actually a cover-up for Matt LeBlanc dislocating his shoulder in the previous episode. It is. Now, hopefully, because we haven't recorded the previous episode yet because we're going to have a guest on. So it's not a spoiler because you will have heard that episode. Hopefully, we'll discuss the dislocating shoulder there Uh, and and won't forget. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so so he actually dislocated his shoulder in the previous episode. And now they have to write that in. A, a little bit like, um, you know, Phoebe being pregnant. That was written in because uh, Lisa Kudrow was pregnant in real life. Um, it's kind of interesting how they're able to, to take things and, like, twist them around. And it feels perfectly natural. Like, the whole Phoebe being pregnant, even this with, with Joey having the sling on, doesn't feel unnatural.
0: No, like it's slightly odd. You don't see the the pratfall like from a sitcom standpoint. Like you don't see yeah. it.
1: Yeah, that's that's the only thing I was going to say. Like this scene f- does feel weird because yeah, you don't see it, and obviously you can't see him fall onto it.
0: Yeah, like not seeing it is a bit odd. But at the same time, if you said to a friends fan. Joey dislocated his shoulder because he fell off his bed while bouncing on it. Everyone would go, that's a Joey thing. Yeah. Like you would just accept it from Joey. So it still kind of works, but you yeah, are like, I, it does feel weird.
1: Maybe that's why it feels weird because you don't see him at all in that scene. Yeah. And it's such a short scene for the start of an episode. Normally they're, they're quite a bit longer. Um, but yeah, so he, he falls on the floor, dislocates his shoulder, and then we get our lovely intro as always. We then end up at Monica's, and she is making jam. Making jam. Yep, she's covered the kitchen in all sorts of fruit. Mm. I didn't realise there were so many jams you could make. Like, obviously, the strawberry and raspberry. Blackberry jam, I guess. Blueberry jam's quite nice. Uh, she had loads of things that were yellow coloured. I don't know what they, they were. They weren't yep. lemons. But... If you got the fruit, you could jam it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so the kitchen is covered in everything. And then the boys enter, and Joey is in his arm sling. And as we said, like this just perfectly fits into the story uh, as if it's not like based on a real life accident at all. Like you, like yeah, Jerry fell off the bed. That he's silly. He's hurt his arm, and it just naturally flows.
0: I wonder who came up with the uh, the work Like, was that one of the writers? Was it one of the cast? Like, I'd be intrigued to know who came up with that idea.
1: Well, I'm I'm sure I remember in the past that when they did this episode, because of uh, the fall, they had to basically stop re- recording it and then come back to film scenes. later. because obviously they filmed half of it. Say, done the scene. And then they've they've had to, like, basically come back later because he's not working for the rest of the day. And he was on Jimmy Kimmel at some point. I don't know when this was. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. And basically, he was describing, like, the whole thing that happened. So, obviously, we will describe this in detail in the previous episode. But basically, he dislocated his shoulder doing a stunt, or he basically says it wasn't really a stunt because he was jumping into a chair. Yeah. And he said afterwards, like, he, he gets up, and he's like, oh, my shoulder really hurts. And he goes into Monica's room because he's like, Monica's room isn't actually like part of the set. So her actual room that film filming is a, a different set. And that's just like out into back. So she's like, he's gone out there and he's like up against the wall. And he's like, oh, this like really hurts. It's like hanging down by my bum. Like <laughs> what's going on with my shoulder? It doesn't exist anymore. And then one of the doctors from ER comes into there and, and he's like, did, did, I, did I like bang my head or something? Because you're not a real doctor. And basically ER was next door filming and one of the guys was actually watching Friends from behind the set <laughs> no like during his like spare time. Uh, he also goes on to, to describe that this ep- the, this um, oh, sorry that episode, everyone in the audience had won a Coke contest to be in the audience. So everyone had been flown out there to be in the audience so they're all winners and nice. it's like you know lift up the, the lid of your coke have you won sort of thing and obviously they get sent home halfway through <laughs> and warner Bros. had to fly them back out again for another episode so they could like basically have their competition prize so that's that's quite cool
0: that is quite cool i don't think that would happen in the uk in britain if you want a competition to go to a show yeah and remember the cat injured themselves and you got sent home you'd be like that's a shame and there would be no kind of like, are oh, we going to get to come back and watch another episode? I don't think what would occur to the British psyche. But, like, okay, well, that an accident happened and it got cut short. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I think Americans would be very much like, no, we didn't get a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, Give me what I yeah. want.
1: <laughs> uh, so we're going to listen to this quick clip.
2: Hey. Hey. Oh, Is it broken? No. I'm going to wear this thing for a couple of weeks. Did you tell the doctor you did it jumping up and down on your bed? <laughs> no. Had a whole story worked out. But then... Uh... Chandler sold me out. Well, I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't think the doctor was going to buy that it just fell out of the socket.
1: So did Chandler sell him out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <it's> just... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I would have left Joey to just go, it fell out of the socket. No, I would totally been, I would have just been like, Mark was about to know. I think mean, it would have be been really. funnier letting him make his lies up. I don't think
0: the doctor would care. I, well, all he's got is pop it back in anyway.
1: No, Like, uh, you know, we, we both know nurses, and they tell us stories of patients that go, Oh, I slipped, and you're like, And it perfectly landed, you perfectly landed on that, and you didn't have any trousers on, yes, how uh, convenient, yes, yeah. and they're like, Yes, I, I did, like, and it went that far up. Mm-hmm. Like, people do tell these stories because they are embarrassed by yeah. how they've done things, so
0: always oh, reminds me of the episode of Scrubs where Turk finds a pen in the Lust and Found box, right. and LeBron's like, there isn't a lost in found box. Like, yes, it is, there's an ass box. There's not a lost <laughs> and pound box. And there's just a box full of stuff taken out of someone's butt. But he's given the what the no the the pen, sorry, to his girlfriend. Right. And then has to try and get the pen back she, before she finds out it's an ass pen. Oh, and it's brilliant. Oh, it's great.
1: Uh, Joey then finds the fruit and is a little bit unsure, you know, it's not meat. Uh, but jam. He loves jam. He does like jam. Uh, I like jam, like, you know, especially jam donuts. Jam sandwiches are good. That's all the sugar in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tate, tastes nice. Uh, and then Monica, you know, she's fed up of being depressed about Richard, so she makes jam because you know what's the opposite of man? Jam somehow. Not not Nam. Or you know, woman. I, I, I think I think Nam would have been better. Her going off to war yeah. <laughs> It'd have been, been a bit bit more exciting, right? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm not sure if this is really a good plan. Uh, but Joey is eager to try some jam. He tries some out in the very hot pot before quickly spitting it all back into the pot because it's burning his tongue. Yeah. It's a great way to have a pot of jam to yourself. Yeah, exactly.
0: I guess that's my pot, huh? Like, <laughs> just, yeah,
1: all the jam for me. And then we end up on the streets of New York where we get some uh, creepy following music. You know the type that... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that's from. It's from, from a very famous like, TV show. It's maybe Inspector Gadget or something. It's it's one of those kind of Hanna-Barbera era.
0: It always reminds me of the Pink Panther for some yeah, reason. Yes,
1: Pink no, Pink Panther. There we go. Uh, but yeah, Phoebe is walking along and she's being followed by a creepy stranger. And apparently he's been following her all week. Uh, he actually thinks she's Ursula. And we haven't heard about Ursula in a little while. Yeah. So it's nice for, for that name she's to back. pop up. Uh, it turns out our stalker is David Arquette. Yes, yes. that Arquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not married at this point. Apparently they were dating. Uh, they don't actually share a scene together. Uh, so, Monica and, and David here don't share a scene apart from in the deleted scenes where he actually like climbs up the fire escape to, to get into the apartment. And the boys oh. say, You know, oh, Phoebe's not here, give her five minutes. Creepy. Um, yeah, he's, he's a strange guy. And I don't know him as an actor from anything because he's in like Scream 2 and a couple of other things, right? He's in all the Screams? Yeah. So, he's, but in, in this, like he plays a creepy guy. Well, he does. And I don't know if that's very good acting or if he's a little bit creepy himself.
0: He's a bit of an oddball character himself. Okay. Um, last year, I watched a documentary called You Can't Kill David Arquette. Okay. Um, Slight like tangent, I guess, but it's related to David Arquette. So I guess it's still related to the show. In like, the middle of when David Arquette was his he's like on the height of his fame, which wasn't big, but big enough. like would have been like, what, early 2000s. He appeared on a WCW, World Championship Wrestling, um, as like a gimmicky guest. Okay. But the producers and writers of WCW had him win the World Heavyweight Champion. Title. so he became the WWE champion basically yeah. which angered fans like wrestling fans like who's this guy who's walked in and just one Hollywood idiot who's walked in and won the title and then wrestling fans hated it like undermining the kind of the spirit of wrestling yeah all the wrestlers hated it because like that's a it's an esteemed prize that they worked their career to be just told you know you're good enough to have now and it was just given to David
1: Icke oh it's fake See, like and okay this is probably a um you know hot take but wrestling is fake I'm sorry, wrestling fans.
0: I, well, I saw a stand-up comedian once who said that wrestling's not fake, it's choreographed. And his logic was, if I told you that you've got to fight Mike Tyson, but it's okay you're going down in the fourth round, yeah. you'd still be worried about the first three rounds. <laughs> yes. like I mean, you, you learn how to fall to stop yourself getting injured, but it still hurts. I've done some wrestling training. It still hurts yep. when you take a bump. But anyway, so people hated David Arquette. Wrestling fans hated him. Um, and to the point he couldn't show his face around a wrestling crowd or they just boo him <laughs> relentlessly. And, I mean, luckily for him, the internet was in his infancy, so he didn't get that much online hate. But he's just remembered poorly by this whole subsection of fandom.
1: Well, it, And it was WCW as well, right? Yeah. Uh, who, who watched that? I
0: mean, I was a WCW kid. Okay, WCW, oh, was WCW. you one of those? Only because we didn't have Sky and we had Channel 5, so... <laughs> oh, so, so, so you basically had knock-off wrestling. Yeah, yeah, WCW by default. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, he decided that he wanted to like clear his name and prove that he could be a legitimate wrestler. So, at the age of whatever, it was like fifty, he decided, you know what, I'm going to become a professional wrestler.
1: Not, not the ultimate fighting champion.
0: No, no, it's <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not him. He basically, but he just this documentary is like an hour and a bit long. At one point, he nearly does die. He's like a wrestler, a hardcore wrestling match, and a guy puts a broken light tube, like a yep. fluorescent light tube, to his neck, and he panics and moves his neck, which obviously stabs himself in the neck with oh. the light tube. And he's like, rushed to hospital. Obviously he survives. Um, but it's, it's a weird documentary because you're watching like five fat out of shape American backyard wrestlers smack David Arquette with chairs and stuff <laughs> and cut him open with like things. And you're like barbed wire and you're like, "Why are you doing? You don't need to, the level of talent you have is already above these wrestlers. You don't need to prove yourself to them because they've not proved themselves to anyone outside their block. Yeah. So it's very weird to watch and you get the sense that he's a very troubled person. But at the end, you know, you kind of they frame the episode, is it the the, the measure, like he kind of it paid off in the end. But Courtney Cox does appear a couple of times. Okay. Mostly to say, He's mental okay. <laughs> but she supports him anyway. So it seems like they've still got a good friendship even if they're not a couple.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't really know too much about their relationship. It's not something I've really desired to read more about. No. Um Yeah, it's it's it's, it is always interesting when we get like exes on and husbands on because obviously Brad Pitt appears Mm -hmm. the future and stuff. So, Uh, but you know, it turns out that uh, you know he's this guy uh, has been stalking the wrong woman. Um, But somehow, you know, Ursula changed him, and that's why he's a stalker now. He used to sell, you know, beepers and cell phones, but Ursula made him different somehow by being
0: Ursula. Yeah, I don't think she did, mate.
1: And then Phoebe just suggests, you know, he just gets over it and then then invites him for a cup of coffee. That's something we'll get on to a little bit later, I think. Um, it, get, it goes some, to some strange places. Yeah, there's some more depth here. <laughs> uh, we're then back at Monica's, and there's a lot of jars of jam around. Uh, she'll be back, though, because she's she's not currently there, and she's actually gone out to go and buy some more jars. Yeah, there's a lot of jars.
0: So, I like when she mentions that she got the the fruit from the docks at yep. like 4am in yeah. the morning and Rachel's like I didn't know there were docks yeah. <laughs> it just makes me chuckle
1: I mean especially as you're on an island and the docks are actually quite visible to, yeah. to see on Manhattan Island
0: well and they're quite a prominent part of like New York kind of yeah. culture I guess yeah uh,
1: but obviously they, they have like a seedy tone, as soon as you say docks you just think wet slimy dark spotlights yeah. the, lots of shadows Stubbly men <laughs> yeah dimly lit alleys yep yeah. uh, ladies of the night perhaps <laughs> uh, luckily for Ross and Rachel uh, there's an empty apartment now though and Ross works his magic
0: I love how Ross is like it's an empty apartment and she's like oh, empty apartment and I'm like no one locked the door Like that'd be my first thought like, you'd know I'm thinking it's an empty apartment because the lock would go yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, but not before Chandler walks in on them see should have locked the door uh, Chandler is upset though because Janice asked him if she's fat and he said no but that was not the right answer so it's time for Chandler to learn some relationship advice.
2: Do I look fat? No. Well, okay, I accept that. When Janice asked me and I said no, she took that to mean that I was calling her a cow. Okay, walk us through it, honey, walk us through it. Okay, well, Janice said, uh, hi, do I look fat today? And I, I looked at her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. You looked at her? <laughs> You never look. Mm. You just answer. It's like a reflex. Do I look fat? No. Is she prettier than I am? No. Does size matter? No. And it works both ways. Okay, so you both just know this stuff? (laughs) You know, after about 30 or 40 fights, you kind of catch on. (laughs) Okay. For instance, let's say Janice is coming back from a trip, and she gives you two options. Option number one, she'll take a cab home from the airport. Or option number two, you can meet her at baggage claim. What do you do? That's easy, baggage claim. Eh, wrong. Now you're single. (laughs) It's actually secret option number three. You meet her at the gate. That way she knows you love her.
1: So while this clip is playing, there should be like a little bit of text underneath saying this fact was correct in 1995 <laughs> yeah. because you cannot go to the gate anymore. So baggage claim is your answer now.
0: <laughs> Even though they're not rivals, more than likely. Well,
1: yeah, you could, yeah you'd Yeah, you probably actually be just outside baggage claim. But normally, like, depending on the airport, some of them like just have like windows so you can look at the, the carousel yeah. Hello, people. and you can be like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to wait here for four hours watching you wait literally feet away from me through security doors. Uh Whilst the bag comes off the plane and takes forever, right? Yep. Um, thirty to forty fights to find out this information. As soon as like she said that, I'm like, I hope that's thirty to forty fights across many boyfriends, not just with Ross, <laughs> not just those two. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rachel was a liar because you know uh, size does matter. It doesn't happen. It does happen to every, it doesn't happen to every guy, and it is it's a big, big deal.
0: deal. I mean, it, it's one well, like all those like, cliche questions, but. Again, it's so just lie to your partner, basically. It's like, if your partner wants to look fat. Like, yeah. Admittedly, that, that is a dodgy question to answer, but I'll be like, well, do you feel fat? Like, answer the question with a question. Everyone's like, well, do you feel fat? You and look, now you're single. You look great. <laughs> I mean, you look fantastic. And then it's like, oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, maybe, well, you know, well, like, let's, let's let's go for a, you know, do whatever you want to
1: do. No, so the girl is turning around to you right now and going, so do you like fat people then? That's exactly what what she's well, gonna I say. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <Just> yeah. <laughs> Dig a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know. Maybe it's, Don't ask a question if you don't want an answer.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You. It, it's a. It's a question that has no positive answer because you're just looking for a fight, really. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's some okay advice, I guess. To it's not lie. It's be very tactful about your answers to someone.
0: I can't remember where I stole this joke from, but I remember when an ex once asked me if the dress made her butt look big right and I was like of course not your butt makes the dress look small <laughs> <laughs> she did not find it funny at all but I don't know where I've stolen it from but I know I've yeah. definitely stolen that joke from is somewhere
1: and this is the the difference between men and women isn't it Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like is that an opportunity to make a joke oh yeah. I take it yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd, 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 and, you're, and
1: you're there expecting it to be like an episode of Friends where the audience around you is going ha <laughs> <laughs> ha <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> that's so clever but actually in real life there is no audience no. and you just get scaled I up. just slept on the sofa yes <laughs> Uh, But so Ross and Rachel are here to teach, which is really sweet and nice. And this was actually quite a long clip um, and it's all needed. So I basically split it into two just to, you know, so we've got something to talk about in between. And, you know, I think we should get into the second part where uh, we let, you know, Ross discuss things in a bit more details uh, because Chandler now has a question. Uh, He wants some space to sleep. Um, But sadly, Ross and Rachel can't help. But Ross can. So let's listen to that.
2: I have one. Janice likes to cuddle at night, Mm. which, you know, I'm all for. But, uh, you know, when you want to go to sleep, you want some space. So, uh, you know, how do I tell her that without, you know, accidentally calling her fat or something? (laughs) Oh, honey, I'm sorry. We can't help you there, because we're cuddly sleepers. Mm. Okay, I'm late for work. Oh. All right, are you guys going to come down? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm right behind you. Okay, good luck, Chandler. Thank you, Rachel. Bye, sweetie. Bye, honey. Okay, the sleeping thing. <laughs> Very tricky business, but there is something you can do. <laughs> I thought you guys were cuddly sleeping. No. No, not cuddly, not me, just her. I'm like you. I need the room. Okay, come here. Okay. You're in bed. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna use the cushion. Yeah. Okay, you're in bed. She's over on your side cuddling. Now, you wait for her to drift off, and then you... Hug her and roll her over to her side of the bed. (laughs) And then you roll away. (laughs) Hug for her. (laughs) Roll for you. (laughs) Okay, the old hug and roll. Yep. Okay.
1: I really love how Ross just instantly changes is like, ah, oh, love you, darling, goodbye. Now, let me tell yeah. you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> now you must learn. Are you a cuddly sleeper, Mark? No. Me neither. No, I, 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 I don't know how anyone can for that any length of time because arms are awkward in bed. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to make a bed that has like a, a ditch in it for your, for, for your arm to go into. So, because otherwise, if you're cuddling someone like face to face, it's like, well, where does the like the on line, and where does that go? Yeah, because exactly it doesn't go it anywhere. It, no. I have seen those those pillows though that have like a little tunnel. Yeah, under got, them. Oh, yeah, very uh, cool. I I don't know if that's a, a good thing or not. We'll maybe we have to buy one. Give it a go.
0: I mean, I I like a cuddle, and I like my sleep, but they're two distinctly separate events. Yeah. So it's like we we'll have a cuddle, but we have random conversations about what the dialect smell like or whatever. <laughs> And then after that conversation's finished, roll away and sleep butt to butt. Just just give me all the space I can get because I want to go sleep.
1: You're just like a cat that turns away. Like, you you can see my back now. I'm not interested.
0: Although psychological studies have shown that couples that sleep cuddly are less secure in their relationship than couples that sleep back to back or further apart. So the logic is the further apart you sleep in bed, the more secure you are in your relationship because you're not finding the need to find that security while sleeping.
1: What, what about if you sleep in uh, different rooms or houses or cities? Is you, are you more secure then? No, that's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> not how that works. I think mean, you have to live together for it to count. Uh, but yeah, like the the hug the hug and roll for this episode. We've we've had three episodes now in this season where every episode has had a massively iconic moment. Mm-hmm. You know, you have got the whole Princess Leia fantasy thing. Yep. Um, you've got all the stuff in the second one with the sofa and the essence and the wearing all the clothes the lunges yep <laughs> and now you've got the hug and roll like these three things just in a row any casual friends fan instantly knows what you're talking about and yep. relates to it uh I, yeah I, I can't i can't love like the, this scene enough have you ever tried the hug and roll it doesn't work does it as as we're gonna find out i guess from chandler
0: well, it's more like a hug and a push. <laughs> like, right, it like, depends how fat they are. <laughs> hug and shove.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're, as we'll see with uh, Chandler in a little bit, you do kind of normally get stuck. We end up at Central Perk. Now, I, I actually forget. So when uh, Rachel's like, oh, I'm going to be late for work, I'm like, oh, you know, she's going to be late. She's got eight, like, really far to go. Actually, no, she just has to go downstairs to work. I always forget right now yeah. that she literally just walks downstairs. And that might explain why... She's at Monica's so much because on her lunch break, just go back upstairs. Yeah. Uh, if she's taking the trash out, maybe spend a bit of time upstairs. Well, like uh, she certainly spends a lot of time on the sofa in Central Park when she should be at work. I mean, we know she spends the least time working at work. She does. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're at Central Park, and Joey has a jar of jam to put on his cake. He's muffing some kind of pastry or bread. I don't know what it was. I couldn't quite work out what he was eating. Um, Thieves then tells the gang about the guy that was following her. And we learn like Ursula had a restraining order on this guy called Malcolm. That's why he couldn't just talk to, to her or slash Phoebe. Uh, and, and Chandler's right here. Like, it's not, he's not feeling quite good about this Malcolm.
0: No, I mean, I don't know all the of restraining order as I've never had one issued on me or asked for one. <laughs> but I imagine. Given how it infringes someone's civil liberties, it's got to be quite extensive and you've got to be able to justify the need for it quite well. So having yeah. one is a big deal.
1: Yeah, you couldn't date someone for a week and then go, hey, I put a restraining order on you, I don't want to see you again. Like, It doesn't work that easily. No, it's, uh, it, it, it's been some intense talking to get to go that far. Yes. So, obviously, there's probably a bit of line on his part where he's like, hey, we dated and maybe he didn't or maybe she had a drink for him once and then he went weird.
0: Yeah, we only have his sort of story for all yeah. of this. He could have just sent her, a, you know, the, the cafe she works at and they were
1: like, I love her now. Yeah. And then just chases her around New York. And and certainly we find out later on in this episode that basically the the friends all kind of look out for each other. Uh, certainly with, with Monica, they look after um, Phoebe here and basically... They're almost too honest in some ways. Yeah. Because they, like, you know, you might tell me a, a story and I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to tell him what I feel uh, because it's probably, it would probably be upsetting to them. Whereas this, like, you know, Monica going on, you know, I'm going to have a baby later on, you know, they just come out and be like, no, you're crazy. Same with Phoebe. Like, she's met a guy, she's happy. Do you want to go up to one of your friends who's told you they've met a guy, they really like him, and just be like, no, like, stay away? I mean, I think. It's
0: context then it, so like Chandler, like in Janice, and then, you know Ross is like, oh, let's just support Chandler because he's our friend. Yeah, that's yeah, she's annoying, and that you keep from your friend because it's does not it need that need to know? Yeah, but when it becomes like a safety concern of oh, you're dating a stalker, yeah, then I'd be like, Mark, she's a stalker. What are you doing? <laughs> like, quick change. I,
1: name. I I would be like Joey and go, I'm Doctor Drake Ramone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then see that, that Phoebe has like fallen for him. Uh, yeah as we said that's not not the best yep uh, and then Monica is back uh, with even more jam for Joey at Central Perk like she's got tons of this right jam everywhere I want to know what she's done with all because like we see Joey have a couple of jars but she had quite a few in the apartment and obviously went to buy more it seems like she tried selling it but as we'll get to later um, or in a moment actually she ha- kind of had trouble I guess yep. Uh we get another reference at this point uh, to the girl from the copy place so this yeah, is our second time. time. Now I do wonder if the writers knew exactly how Ross and Rachel were going to kind of like end at this point. Uh, were they like seeding the idea of this woman just so like it was a bit more impactful? Well,
0: I don't remember the first time I saw Friends really knowing about the copy girl until it happened. Yeah, and it wasn't like, oh look, foreshadowing—they've seeded it. I was just like, oh my god, look what happened. And I was like, I think they just because it's so dismissively mentioned. That it doesn't seem important, but once you know the, what goes on, yeah. suddenly "copy girl" becomes an important phrase.
1: I, I guess that actually, when it happens with Ross, like he's in the, the copy place with, her and they have like a few scenes with her, so you you actually understand fully at that point just from that episode yeah. who, who she is and you know what the guys think about her and stuff without this kind of foreshadowing and, and comments. But yeah,
0: even if it was deliberate, it wouldn't matter until the second time you watch the show. Yes, because. There's no reason for you to be interested in Coffee Girl until the drama happens. She's just person mentioned. Hmm. You could be like, oh, there's Firefighter Steve. It's like, okay, great. (laughs) Why is that important? You wouldn't remember it, would you? No.
1: And Monica is giving up on her jam plan, as I said, because each jar would cost $17 just to break even.
0: That's what happens when you buy your fruit and don't grow your fruit. Oh, okay. I think Monica would have worked that out. Like, she's buying fruit wholesale to then make into jam to then sell. So she's got to cover the costs of the fruit, then pay herself for whatever labour time she's doing and try and make some profit, and then the jars. So, yeah, of course it was a dumb idea. If you were growing, like your people, like, people who make jam
1: don't buy their fruit of other companies. No. They grow their fruit. Monica's a fool. <laughs> uh, and this is where she has come up with a new plan. What
2: are you talking about? I'm talking about me having a baby. What? Are you serious? Yeah. The great thing about the jam plan was I was taking control of my life. So I asked myself, what is the most important thing to me in the world? And that's when I came up with the baby plan. Well, aren't you forgetting something? What, what, is, uh, what is that guy's name? Dad? It took me 28 years to find one man that I want to spend my life with. If I have to wait another 28 years, then I'll be 56 before I can have a baby. And that's just stupid. Th- that's what's stupid? need an actual man just a couple of his best swimmers <laughs> you know? and there are places that you can go to get that stuff down to the docks
1: again <laughs> another great line yep. from rachel <laughs> she's, so, she's so funny like, <laughs> yeah
0: this podcast she was one thing mike it should be that rachel green is given all the comedic credit she
1: deserves she is yeah uh so yeah monica has a new plan and the new plan is babies she's going to have a baby yep Uh, She doesn't need an actual man, just some stuff. I mean, technically that's true. It is true. Uh, I think we'll get into it a little bit later because they go into a bit more depth of where she's going to get this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for now, I think it's time for us to have a quick ad break.
0: Mark and I create this podcast in our own time and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support join the watching friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends our five pound tier, also available in dollars will get you the ad-free version of the show access to the exclusive content such as our episode all about james michael tyler our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favorite guest stars and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful friends merch friends fest and much more And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into a fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons. Help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls. We're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. The Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast is on a mission to rank the top games of all time. I like the idea that when Bruce Wayne gets angry, he switches to the
1: Batman voice.
0: Uh, Why do you have such a problem making boomerangs jib like a bat? You mean like Batman? Not like Batman, just make it for me, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I can't even with this guy. It's a Herculean task, and I'd be lying if I said it hasn't taken a toll on our cognitive faculties. Most people would be happy to have a job during a global pandemic. <laughs> Dennis... Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week, right here on the HyperX Podcast Network.
1: Hello, my name's Jonathan Dunn, host of the O3C Podcast. Every week, I'm joined by my two best gaming buddies, Chris and Minty, and we talk about the games we're playing, the games we love, and how they rank alongside our sacrosanct top 100 favorite video games of all time lists. Deep dives into gaming mechanics, history and lore abound, all topped off with latchings of irreverent, dry British wit, witterings and wisdom. For details on the show and more, head to o3c.games and tune in every Monday on the HyperX Podcast Network.
0: As a fan of podcasts, you've probably thought about starting one of your own. Introducing the new HyperX Duocast. The Duocast has all the essential features an aspiring podcaster would want from a USB mic, with HyperX favorites like tap to mute and a vibrant mute indicator. It's compact and elegantly styled, perfect for situations where you want a mic that looks great, but isn't too extra. Check out the new HyperX Duocast, available at Target.com or shop direct at HyperX.com.
1: So as we discussed before the ad break there, uh, Monica has a new plan. It's babies. Uh, But we then cut off to Chandler is in bed with Janice. Yep. And, you know, there's some pretty close cuddling going on here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think many men and women can definitely relate to having no room on their side of the bed. Yep.
0: I've dated girls that have been like nearly two foot, a foot and a half shorter than me. Yet somehow when they've got in bed, they've taken up all of the space. (laughs) And it's like some weird kind of, dimensional thing where it's like oh you you take off this much space when standing but when you lie down suddenly all of this space disappears and i don't understand how it worked but it did
1: well yeah it's the same with when you're in a, a double bed you end up having a smaller space than a single bed sometimes right yep. uh, i definitely remember when i was in new york uh, in one of the hotels we had uh, a double bed it was the biggest bed ever it was great it was like having <laughs> your own king size bed to your side it was absolutely amazing i need a, a bed and a room well mainly a room that fits a bed like that in it Fair. Uh, yeah, I would love whatever they called it—the ultra king, queen, max bed, the whole roomy bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all you need, right? Um, I'm just really impressed how Janice fell asleep within about two seconds, though, because they're cuddling and she's like, "Good night," passed asleep. No, I can do that. Can you? Yeah, I've I've had people that comment
0: that like I've rolled over and like sometimes i have had conversations and I've rolled over and gone to sleep and I've fallen asleep so quickly they think I'm mad at them. Okay. Because they were like, I upset you, like you just went straight to sleep and I'm like,
1: Yeah. That's what I do. I
0: mad. I was like, okay, night. See <laughs> <Sleep. laughs> <laughs> But apparently it's annoying because they'll lie there for half an hour and I'm like already snoozing away.
1: So we get get Chandler's internal monologue here and he's saying, you know, about how much room she's taken up. Mm-hmm. She's got all that space. He talks about fitting a penguin there and obviously we get a uh, Hugsy, our okay. penguin pal, later yeah. on. Uh, and then he tries the hug and roll and you know, the, the hug and roll, it worked. It worked. Uh, to get all Yoda on you, do or do not. There is no try.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we see what happens here. Uh,
1: except it didn't work because Chana's arm is trapped. Yep. And in trying to free himself, he flings her off the bed. Right. Now, okay, she's not that heavy. Could have slipped your arm out. But that's not, it's not hug and slip. It's <laughs> no. hug and roll. Hug and roll. Except in this case, it was, you know, hug and remove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she disappears. Uh, next day, uh, Perhaps, I guess. Might be a few days later. We don't know. At Central Perk, Malcolm is uh, giving up his stalking equipment, like the night vision goggles and a book of everything that Ursula was doing. It's just so weird, right? The book is what gave me the creeps. Really? Not not the night vision goggles? No. And the money he spent on those? Nope, because night vision goggles have
0: multiple uses. (laughs) Okay. Like, we've already seen the frequency of blackouts in New York. We've had a blackout. Night vision goggles, bam. Immediately you're king of the apartment building. You've right. got night vision goggles. Or you're just having a laugh playing night tag in Central Park with your friends. You need your night vision goggles. I can think of multiple fun things to do in New York with night vision goggles that don't involve stalking somebody. <laughs> so I don't mind the Eons those. Plus they're a gadget and men are dumb. We buy gadgets we don't need like my luck picking kit during lockdown. We, like, do. we <laughs> do. That's my night vision goggles, I guess. So it doesn't creep me out. The weird stalker diary creeps me the hell out. Especially the
1: little tabs, like the little bookmarks and, yeah. and things like that. It's like, April 3rd, she put a croissant. Like, no, no yeah. it's
0: so creepy. Like, if
1: you're going to do it, just have a memory. Like, I guess you could simplify it where you're just like, hey, here's a little diary and I figured out the pattern of what day she goes into work and stuff. But, yeah, you wouldn't need to put all the details in.
0: No, it's just so creepy. And it's all like, oh, I put you in it. And then Phoebe's in it. It's just like, now it's even creepier. Yeah. Like, he,
1: he is a weird guy. And I know Phoebe's is, is quite odd. But she does put up with some very strange guys. Like somehow he manages to convince Phoebe to kiss him. How are all the men on Friends able to kiss attractive women this easily? And how do I do it? You know what?
0: I'm not going to lie. I do like this move. It's like, what are you thinking about? Oh, I was thinking about wanting well, to kiss you. It's like, really? Like, nah. I'd have said that so I could try and kiss you now. <laughs> to me, that that's kind of suave. That's kind of like <laughs> you
1: think so? Well, he
0: brought up kissing, and he's like, really? And he's like, nope. I just want to do it now. And then he gets to do it. It, it,
1: it makes sense. Yeah. I. You know, if if. If it was this easy in real life, you know, I'd have all the women at, at me. I mean, she's clearly into him. So, I mean, if,
0: if a girl finds out you've been stalking her sister and doesn't immediately give you the brush off, I feel like you've
1: probably got enough leeway there <laughs> you've to you've got a like, good chance. I'll just bring kissing up. Why not? <laughs> yeah. uh, we then end up at Monica's and Joey is eating even more jam. Gotta love it. Uh, Monica has some uh, details of some, uh, how shall we say, donors. Yes, it's a fairly apt description. Uh, Everyone thinks it's a little weird. Um, In some ways, I kind of think it's weirder that women can do this so easily, but a man can't. So I I do remember like a few years ago, there was a news story like on Prime News Time uh, about how there was a a man who's like, Look, I'm in my like 30s or 40s. I've just not met the right woman that I want to start a family with. I want to have a family. Uh, So, you know, I'm going to try and do what Monica's doing, but the man way. And he's like, it was practically impossible. Like I think it took him five to seven years, something like that, to be able to find like uh, a way legally to basically get a woman's eggs and uh, like bring up the baby himself. Yeah. Whereas you know a woman seemingly from all the all the stories I've seen on TV shows at the very least are able to just dial a number, pick a num pick a number of a guy, go cool. I've got a cup.
0: Well, I suppose because the. This is a weird way to phrase it, but the woman has the factory; she just needs the the raw materials, <laughs> whereas men have the raw material in no factory. So you've got to find someone who wants to give you an egg, and then somebody who wants to carry the baby. Yeah. And it's like well, that's a much bigger commitment than oh yeah, I'll do this into a cup and then walk out.
1: I I do think the other issue is a lot of people, and it, you certainly get it with um, like schools and that, where it's like men are dodgy, and if they if they are a single man wanting a child, why? Why would a single man ever want a child? Maybe. Uh, And and suddenly, you know, you see this later on in Friends with the nanny and how Ross freaks out that a male uh, like nanny wants to look after their child. He does. He's very... And and I think that's that's probably true of a lot of society. And you certainly hear it um, with male school teachers where, you know, they're looking after a, a child and some parent will be concerned. It's like, no, that's their teacher. That's why they were at the school gates looking after them.
0: Although I saw a really creepy article the other day in the paper that said that schoolgirls were being encouraged to wear longer skirts so their knees didn't distract the male teachers. <laughs> okay. And I was like, why is, is it the girl's responsibility to stop grown men looking at their knees? I'm like, if you find knees are right... Fair enough. <laughs> well,
1: that, that's the unfortunately, that's my takeaway. Is who, who finds these erotic, yeah. but obviously the more serious one is yes, you shouldn't be looking at young children like that.
0: Yeah, it's like it's just, but it's just the way that it was like girls are told to stop men being men. He's like, well, how about men stop being men? Like, yeah. it just annoyed me. I was like, oh, yeah, because somehow it's the girl's responsibility to stop a man staring at. Oh like, yeah,
1: you're you're definitely right with that. Do better.
0: Um,
1: I forgot where we were now. What were we even discussing?
0: Discussing creepy stalker boy <laughs> in his night vision goggles and creepy book. Yeah, so... we moved on to the sperm. <laughs> we actually say sperm on the podcast, and I've said it twice. Yeah. yeah. Spam, spam, spam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sperm everywhere.
1: Oh, I feel so... There was, there was one guy who, who wrote us a comment on our Facebook saying, I love listening to you on my morning commute. Uh, I hope he's playing it loud in his car now with the windows down. Spam, spam! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... Yeah, it's, it is kind of weird how kind of easy this is. I don't know how easy it is, but, you know, The Simpsons covers this and it does seem like, hey, you just phone up someone, pay a bit of money and, you know, get a cup sent to you in a Turkey baster, I guess, or yeah, something. Off <laughs> you go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all a bit, bit weird that it's kind of that easy to do. I agree. Uh, but then Monica starts reading out, you know, some of the, the details of people and she gets to quite an interesting one.
2: All right, how's this? 27, Italian-American guy. He's an actor, born in Queens. Wow, big family. Seven sisters, and he's the only boy. Oh my God, under personal comments, New York, Knicks rule. Yeah, the next rule. (laughs) Joey, this is you. Let me see. All right. Yeah. When did you go to a sperm bank? Well, right after I did that sex study down at NYU. Hey, remember that sweater I gave you for your birthday? And that's how you bought it? No. That's what I was wearing when I donated. <laughs>
1: that that's is... <laughs> a good joke. It's so gross. It is really gross, isn't it? Uh, on multiple levels. Let's go to the least... Gross. And it's that he was wearing a shirt that he's then just given to Chandler as if it's new
0: and yeah, unworn. worn. It's not an appropriate gift.
1: Uh, and if he certainly was wearing it, which, you know, I don't think Joey was. I think I think Joey sometimes has some of the best jokes out there where you're unsure if it's true and he's just being a bit dumb and doesn't realise what he's saying, or if it's a very clever joke. Yeah. And I think in this instance, he's very clever joke. He knows at Chandler what he's thinking yeah. And feels dirty, especially though.
0: given Chandler's like, That's how you paid for it. Like, <laughs> Chandler's freaked out that that's where the money came from, let alone anything else. So, yeah. it would make sense where you'd, if you know, most blokes would put that joke in there.
1: Yeah, I, and I really love how Joey acts like sometimes he, he acts perfectly normal and, and quite articulate, and then other times he acts like a 14 year old. Yeah, the next rule, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the just the way, I, mean, I guess you don't see it in, in our audio that we're doing right now, but Joey is sitting there just like. Slavering like jam in all over his face, yeah, just with, with any finger that he can use to, to shovel it in, right? Still, I'm pigging out, yep. Uh, we then get uh, Phoebe entering and she feels pretty pleased with herself and her kissing, mm-hmm. uh, but Rachel is concerned for a friend. Uh, you know, they all f- think that you know Malcolm is following Ursula still, which Phoebe's unsure of. Well, I love
0: how Monica's like, I think you should just trust him. Yeah, and then Joe is like, "Or oh, you could finally find out." And Monica's immediately like, "Yeah, forget what I said. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I do." Yeah, And I, quite like how Rachel is really concerned for him. It's like, look, are you sure this is right? Like, obviously, you really like him, but there's, there's a lot of red flags going on here. Uh, it's, it's, it's just quite nice because normally you don't see this in TV shows. Normally it's just like, hey, weird Phoebe's gonna do weird stuff. Yeah, and off she goes because that's part of the story. But here, you know, they tried to stop him. Like, hey, like, stop for a second, take a step back. Um, I never understand why Phoebe goes for these guys. Like, David made a lot of sense. Like, he's just a quiet, geeky guy. Yeah. But when it's guys like this, and there's a few of these that she kind of meets, especially that are related to Ursula in some way. Mm. And you're like, what does she see in them? Like, she, it's almost like she's too nice for her own good.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't want to go all Roger on it, but part of me feels like maybe it's some way of feeling connected to Ursula or maybe it validates her over Ursula because... The Ursula and Malcolm didn't work out and wasn't a thing yeah. but if Phoebe and Malcolm can work out they're obviously better and then it you know, makes her feel better about where she is
1: because she does this for two guys at the very least where she's like hey you like my, my sister well why don't you like me instead and you won't have to see her again because she's terrible
0: I mean given the option of you know Ursula or Phoebes you'd pick Phoebes
1: well I, I was going to say it's in my notes later on like yeah definitely like if you're if you're there like Ursula and Phoebe look the same Great. Right. No issues there, right? Yep. Uh, they don't act the same. Nope. And while Ursula has an edge to her, and that can be kind of exciting, and, and personality can definitely make you more attracted to someone, Phoebe's personality is great. Like, she's fun, she's kind, she's nice. Like, there's nothing wrong. Like, yeah, she Phoebe can have her edge, Yeah, but in a, in a great way, not in a destructive way.
0: Yeah, Phoebe's edge is soft, whereas Ursula just seems like a
1: B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> okay. Or a... Uh, or, uh, like a jigsaw Like a sawtooth Just very sharp Yes uh, So we end up at Central Park, And Janice is there With her baby Which is something I totally forgot about Like c- Because she was pregnant In season 2 episode 3 uh, When Chandler, In desperation Calls her up to date and never be alone again Because mm-hmm. Mr. Heckles dies uh, So yeah I totally forgot She had a baby And it's not It's not brought up at all It's just kind of there Uh, If it wasn't in the scene, I would have totally forgotten about her pregnancy. I do find it a little strange how Chana doesn't seem to be put off dating a single mother. Like, you think it'd be neurotic enough for it to be a deal breaker?
0: You would, but at this point, he's still very much in there like, I love her. I'm not going to leave. She's amazing. Like, Janice is great. So, you know, he accepts it all because he's in love with
1: Janice. I guess so. Like, Phoebe had to convince him to go and see the woman off the internet, even though she had a husband that she was divorcing. Mm Mm-hmm. But then to also find out that she's got a kid as well, I think that would have just been like, no, nope, that's too much now for Chandler. Yeah, I guess. And, and certainly I think most people in real life, like if you find someone's got, got a kid, I feel like a lot of people would be like, oh, do I want to get involved in this?
0: It does put people off, to be fair. Um, I kind of get why, because you, you've got to try and build a relationship with someone which is difficult and stressful enough. And then at the same time, you've got the extra complication of, well, there's a third person that you need to take into account. Yeah. But... I find it weird. I find all those things where it probably isn't as big a bigger deal as you think. So if you just went on a date with the person who's got a kid, you, if your feelings developed to the point where, in theory, you'd want them to, you would just accept the kid anyway because yeah. that's where the past going to go. But
1: And certainly, certainly age comes into it. When you're in your 20s, like, yeah, you don't need to date someone with a kid. When you're in your 50s, it's highly likely that they are going to have a kid.
0: Oh, yeah, when I was like, on dating apps and it would be like, kids, 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 and i am like, there's kids everywhere now. Yeah. like, well, I'm 35, of course <laughs> right, yeah. One thing I really like about this is Janice laughs, because of course she does, because she's Janice. I was watching on Netflix and had the subtitles on. For some reason, didn't turn them off. Normally I hate having the subtitles on when I'm watching it, but I don't know what made me not turn it off, but I didn't. When Janice Laughed, that is subtitled on Netflix as Hyena
1: Laugh. (laughs) Is it really?
0: (laughs) (laughs) which made me laugh even more than the episode. I was in bits about it.
1: Uh, because Janice then let slip to Rachel what happened in the bedroom with Chandler, how like she was like thrown onto the floor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of Ross's hug and roll thing, and uh oh, Chandler always does this. He like tells too much to someone, and then they share it to the world, getting others in trouble. Mm-hmm. He's done this quite a few times now.
0: I do this all the time,
1: <laughs> not on purpose. I'm just well, no, you, you're explaining. And you're like, yes, we're having a grown up conversation, and not realizing that they might just think it's natural to talk about.
0: Well, it's like with secrets. If you don't tell me something's a secret, I'll just assume it's general conversation.
1: Even if we tell you it's a secret, it becomes general conversation. Sometimes
0: it accidentally comes out. <laughs> but if you haven't pre-warned me it, it's a secret, I might just think that you poop in the bed when you were drunk is a funny anecdote, <laughs> so the next time at the pub we're like, "Oh, I guess what Mark did on Saturday, you pooped his pants." C- c-
1: can we can we say that's not something I've ever said? <laughs>
0: Is it? Has it just came out now?
1: (laughs) Have I accidentally overshared with our listeners? (laughs) Uh, No, sadly you've not. Well, yeah, I guess thankfully you've not overshared because no, that's never happened. Yes, it never happened. It's (laughs) still a secret. (laughs) Uh, We're then in the subway and uh, Phoebe is stalking Malcolm. Uh, She's doing such a bad job of this while we have the the Pink Panther style music playing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, If if this was like Grand Theft Auto, the meter would be flashing red saying you're too close. Yes. Because she's like right next to him the whole time. It's obvious she's there.
0: Like, I don't know how you're meant to follow someone, but you're not meant to do it like Phoebe. No. (laughs)
1: That's all I know. Like, I always hate it in video games or films where they're in a car behind and they're like, hey, stay back. They'll see us. It's like, they won't see you even if you're right behind them unless you've got like a high-vis jacket on or something. Because you're just random car. Now, maybe after a while they might notice 30 minutes of you following them every corner. And yeah. if they take a particular corner, yeah. But if you're like two car lengths behind, no one ever is going to spot. Oh, it's that car there. Yeah. Especially if it's just generic car and not something flamboyant that's going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time we've technically seen a subway uh, set. Uh, mm-hmm. It was in the very first episode, but got cut, and we've discussed that before. Um, I, I I really like this subway set. Like New York subways are really dirty looking, even in real life. Um. I mean, they are, they are actually fairly clean. But I think like the the age of the subways and the lighting especially just makes them look kind of grungy. Well,
0: I, I mean, I definitely notice a, a change depending on what part of Manhattan you're in. Yes. Like when you're kind of downtown and working your way up, it's not too bad. Uh, and then you start getting, you know, up to like 212th Street and it's like, okay, this is ghetto as hell right now. Yeah. Like I do not want to get off the train here.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, you, you compare it to the underground in London. The underground in London is ancient. It's one of the the world's if not the world's oldest undergrounds. And you have all sorts going on there with like exposed brickwork all the way up to like modern metal kind of futuristic sci-fi areas. Yep. And it all looks great. You all feel safe. It's all brightly lit. All the white tiles are shot uh, uh, like really brightly white. Everything just looks nice and clean. It's kept clean. And New York subways I kind of like that. They have all the metal going on, but they feel really oppressive. Yes, and I th- and I think it is just the lighting. They have this kind of weird dull yellow light instead sort of bright white, and you look it down the tracking like oh, I can just see the dark void going across, and it it feels sketchy, unnerving. Yeah, Uh It's it's just really odd. Um, and of course, being you know the typical '90s New York, there's a lot of graffiti down there too. Yep, which you don't really see now. No. I'd, certainly if you watch a lot of uh, 90s films featuring New York like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff and maybe even The Matrix, they will have like, the, the subway cars uh, just covered in graffiti as if they've just been fully painted over. Yeah. And yeah, I think for a time that was a thing whereas now like, the graffiti gets removed quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Malcolm is upset at Thebes for stalking him when uh, Ursula walks by. Oh dear. Yeah. Stupid
0: Malcolm. Like I really Malcolm being upset. Like, are you following me? It's like, well, you know, it takes on to no
1: one. Yeah, pretty much right. Uh he, you know, he is pathetic. Yeah, you know, he has Phoebe. Uh as I said earlier, she, you know, she looks like Ursula, doesn't have the same personality, but Phoebe's is great. Like you you should just be happy with that, right? But he's mental. He is. Um and then Phoebe goes really weird. She even suggests you know he stalks her to get over Ursula. And she's just too strange here. Like, I know she's, like, being kind and nice, but she's like, we can't date anymore, but why don't you stalk me and be weird? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, like, you've she's been on, what, maybe one date with this guy. They've kissed
0: once, and now she's like, yeah. right, you're weird,
1: because, wow, I can't date you.
0: But follow me around anyway, I buy a book.
1: It's too nice. Yeah I, yeah, I don't like Phoebe being like this, because Phoebe's quite a strong-willed character. And, yeah, she likes to help people, but she still has her limit. Which doesn't get reached well, here.
0: What worries me about it is, is the safety thing again. So he's currently obsessed with Ursula, which is why he's still stalking her. What if that did just transfer to Phoebe, and now all of a sudden Phoebe genuinely is in danger or needs of yeah. a restraining order? It's just no, it's not worth it. Just if anything, just push him in front of the
1: subway. Just push him <laughs> in. Get rid of him. <laughs> or just let Ursula deal with it. Yeah, just he's creepy. Uh, just just a point here before we move on. Uh, in the background, you see Ursula walk by. Uh, there is a theory that it's actually uh, Lisa Kudrow's sister doing that rather than the the weird blue screen or a cut or whatever oh, okay. uh, to have them both on at the same time. Because, yeah, as we discussed before, sometimes they have a, a different actress, normally her sister, who looks like her from behind, whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, it's,
0: it's not a particularly good shot of her, actually. is it like it's like, tall blonde girl,
1: Yeah. We're then back at Monica's, and Joey has uh, brought back his empty jam jar as Monica is about to go to the bank. Not the... The cash bank no nope, the, 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 you know the s the, the, the bank <laughs> uh she's she's found a guy that that she likes from the bank and uh you know she tells joe about him but Joey has an, a different type of idea for the, the type of guy that she would meet and with this whole talk of like you know what he sees for her like the kind of family and stuff like he mentions three kids which you know yep sort of happens right um and just like you know, this blonde blonde guy with an accent, and, Hot. yeah, so <laughs> and whatever going on. Hoyt, Hoyt, Hoyt's Hoyt. the name. Yeah, uh, it kind of helps Monica to understand that you know, not having an actual guy or you know, a father for the child in her life isn't what she really wants. No, she wants the family, not just the kid. And and certainly you you do see this with you know the those couples you see on TV where they're like, we had a baby because we kept fighting, and we thought a baby would bring us together. And it's like, no, why, why would that? Why would they ever do that? No, like. <laughs> Like I get having something to love and care for sounds like a, a great task that you can both work on, but having having a child especially by yourself is probably, you know, the worst thing.
0: Yeah, like maybe start with a hamster
1: and see yeah. how that goes. You know, look, <laughs> work your way up. Yeah, looking after a dog or cat by yourself is stressful enough, let alone a baby that's you know, can do even less and is way more demanding than that. So yeah, at looking, looking after a kid by yourself is not a great idea and certainly not a great idea to make you and your partner closer together. No. If you're fighting.
0: What I like here is the idea in my head that how much of this is Joey genuinely imagined this future for Monica and how much is Joey being smarter than we ever give him credit for and knowing he can kind of push Monica to the right decision by making all this up.
1: Because he does do this quite a lot. Like he, he comes up with like little faults and feelings that kind of like spurs in their mind like the actual reality of it all. It's like a little Jiminy cricket. Yeah, like he, he, he does well. Um. Obviously, he gets distracted by thinking, you know, having an astronaut uh, be the dad would be cool. He's like, through a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he goes yeah. back to fucking Monica. And then during the credits, uh, Joey finds out not a single one of his product uh, had been purchased um, as he's trying to like jam out the jar.
0: <laughs> All over his face. <laughs> it's like
1: high-quality merch right there. Uh, and then Ross gingerly walks in. Uh, he needs to talk to Chandler. Uh, chan
2: uh, can I talk to you for a second? Sure. What's up? Uh, just one, uh, one additional relationship thought. Um, something you're probably uh, already familiar with. Uh, women talk.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely great line, great delivery. Yeah, perfect. It's just nice and punch at the end of it. Yep, cool, done. Yep, We're, women do talk, as I'm sure men do, right? Yep. Uh, Chandler should have already known this from the discussion just you know two episodes earlier with Ross's fantasy. Like Ross found out for the first time that women talk there. Yeah, and he told Ch- uh, Chandler. And I guess this is another great time for me to bring up, you know, thinking about your mum when uh, you're, you're doing things with your partner in bed, Ryan. <laughs> Just to remind you again, no, so you can think that. About, about that. You can be like, mum, no. what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> That's when the podcast ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Chandler really should have been aware that women talk.
0: My assumption is that Janice fell out of bed was like, there was a conversation we didn't see, what the hell, what happened? Oh my God, I'm sorry. And the panicked, which tried to calm the situation down, accidentally split the beans about the hug and roll. Yes. And then now it's just knowledge that Janice has.
1: Well, yeah, to, to Janice, she's just like, oh, it's just Ross's hug and roll thing, lol. It's like really funny, yeah? Not realising Rachel takes this all quite seriously.
0: Yeah, I like how invested Rachel is in being a cuddly sleeper couple. Yes. It's just like, it's a bit weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, She she's definitely got a uh, live, laugh, love sign up somewhere, hasn't yeah. she? <laughs> And uh, definitely photos of them hugging and kissing, whatever. Uh, yeah, she's very invested in that sort of relationship.
0: Sometimes it's annoying when you wake up and your partner's like on you. You're like, "Why well, yeah, is your leg <laughs> half over my shin?" And "Why your face dribbling onto my chest?" Like, get <laughs> off me, woman! Like, it's just it's like I'm trying, cause sometimes I've woken up and wanted to go to sleep, but because I'm now being half squashed, I'm like. Well, my okay, cat's a bit mean. I'm, I'm squashed
1: up, but you know what I mean. I, I, I guess it's like when you own a cat, and you're like, well, the cat's on my lap now. I'm not getting up because it's comfy. I'm kind of stuck here.
0: Yeah, like I've woke up in the middle of the night and been like, right, there's no way of me going to the bathroom without waking her up now.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, well. I've got to low there for four hours, hope no. they move. It's like, I need to do. Poke, poke. Uh,
1: so, yeah, we, we've had kind of three great episodes in a row. Yeah. Uh, th- this episode isn't the best it has its moments certainly the whole Ross Rachel Chandler Janice sort of stuff is really great Monica's jam stuff could kind of leave it here or there like Joey's quite funny with with it yeah uh the whole stalking storyline like if you took that out I wouldn't miss it at all like it doesn't kind of go anywhere we don't really learn anything new
0: no and I feel like in any show other than a sitcom that's a different episode. That's a different yes. tone entirely. If that was like, you know, Special Victims Unit Law and Order or something, that's a very <laughs> different episode to, oh yeah, you should stalk me instead. Yeah. Like, It's also, it wouldn't surprise me if people were, we get a lot of kind of modern reaction to friends due to it being on streaming services and the younger people getting into it. I sound like an old man. Oh, yes. but you know, People didn't watch it originally. This can now imagine be one of those episodes that triggers them because they're taking a very serious subject and playing around with it so light Well,
1: we've, we've already had one stalking moment with uh, Joey yep. uh, th- you do notice that there are a lot of storylines that do get repeated uh, certainly with us going through this podcast where you're like hang on, didn't they already do this with different characters and like, somehow it feels fresh each time yep. um, this is, is basically the same as Joey except for she actually kind of wants the stalker to start with whereas Joey had to be convinced mm. and he doesn't get quite as weird as, as his stalker, no. lick, licking up his arm
0: I don't know. I don't know if I'd rather have my arm licked or know that someone's following me, keeping notes. I
1: feel like lick my arm. (laughs) At least I know that's happening. Hey, listeners, don't write notes about Ryan. Just lick his arm if you see him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's. I think there's about half of a really good episode here and half of a not great episode. Yeah, just it was some of them to do. (laughs) Yeah. So, but as I said earlier, we've got like the another classic moment here with the hug and roll. Uh, It's so catchy, unforgettable. I mean, used, used in life all the time now.
0: It is. If I were the Friends writers and was trying to like queue up the this plan for this episode, continuity-wise, this episode could kind of slot anywhere in the early season three. Yeah. So if I had to follow episode two, the one where no one's ready, and I was like, this is probably a weak episode for episode the one with the jam, I would definitely be like, follow, follow this. It can follow the one where no one's ready because that's such a fantastically, brilliant, classic episode that it doesn't really matter if this kind of get lost in the middle because yeah. momentum's going to pick back up soon afterwards and we're already on a high from episode two yep definitely uh,
1: I don't really have anything more to say about this episode There's, I think we've covered most of it
0: yeah it, it's, it is weird sometimes how some episodes will just keep us jabbering all day um, and in this episode it's kind of like well we went through it play by play and we had a bit of chuckle but it's, it's there's not a lot in it to really delve into is there unless we go down the really dark he's a stalker route
1: yeah and I don't think you have many tangents about stalkers do you well seeing as I'm not one or oh, have, <laughs> have no, one, no, I have no relate. <laughs> no, like. no. I can't, can't relate that to Buffy in any way. I really. say that, and then we turn
0: around, and there's just someone's face pressed against the window. We're like, <laughs> yeah. we have a stalker. We have to go to Friends Fest in
1: disguise. Yep, it could happen, Mark. It could happen. Yeah, I don't think. Well, no one knows what we look like. No, this it, is
0: where we need to hire actors. Like, what was it? Millie Vanilli in the 80s when they had their rap album and right. they weren't really singing. We need to hire people to be the faces of watching Friends. Okay. So they get followed around Friends Fest
1: and we can stroll around doing what we want. Oh, so you, we're not going to go to Friends Fest and wear t-shirts with our pictures on? No. Oh, okay. They can be the face <laughs> of watching Friends. I don't know. It, in some ways it'd be nice to be the face, but sometimes not, right?
0: Depends. Are we being celebrated or melting in a house fire? Like,
1: <laughs> well, well, we discussed this before um, in the, the uh, first episode of season three about how you know the, the Friends, before they were famous uh, went to like Vegas and stuff and, you know, no one knew who they were then, even though they had roles and stuff, like they could go to Vegas and no one knew them. Fair. Whereas after friends, they would never be able to go to Vegas and not be mobbed. Uh, You never know, Mark, this podcast could get you a Brad Pitt. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. 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 yeah, Brad Pitt or nothing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Brad Brad Pitt is fine, but only Brad Pitt. Only Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that brings us to another episode. Mm -hmm. Um, can't wait for the next one as always like mm. it, yeah friends just i cannot think of a single bad episode in friends so i'm always looking forward to next week
0: yes it's, it's never like oh this one okay the one with the thumb i probably would say it's, it's not a bad episode but if i was ever gonna be like oh not that one again yeah that would be it
1: uh but yeah as, as we've mentioned a million times season three is now going to kick off and it's kicked off in a big way already mm-hmm. really excited so I guess that leads us to, to talk about socials and stuff. We, Like I said earlier, we did have a message from one of our fans. They're enjoying our episodes on their commute, which is really cool. It well, was very cool. Uh, I Because I always wonder about our the length of our episodes, and this one's a little bit shorter. So time for some padding, I guess. And... Uh, because I, I prefer listening to longer podcasts, you know, because I listen on commutes and at work and stuff. So if it's 30 minutes long, I'm like, I need more podcasts. Well, if it's two hours long, cool, I'm I'm there. Yeah,
0: I, I really appreciated the comment uh, from a chap called Tom who said we sorted this commute out. And I liked the idea. It made me feel quite proud that... He's kind of sat on the way to work, bored, listening to us prattle <laughs> nonsense.
1: Hang on, he's he's on the way to work, bored, but then he gets to listen to us, and now he's not bored. Exactly, <laughs> like he's like,
0: oh another journey. I listen to Mark and Ryan talk about nonsense for, <laughs> yeah. for an hour and a half. <laughs> how many tangents to our
1: episode? Who knows? Uh, and uh, and if he's listening right now, he gets a call out, so even yeah. better, right?
0: But it was just, it was just like the idea that he'd, he'd get to work and be like damn it, because I don't know how long his commute is, but let's assume it's forty-five minutes. He gets to work, and it's like damn, now I have to press pause and wait till the journey home. And I like the idea that he has the whole day at work but then he gets to continue listening to us on the way
1: what's the next tangent from ryan i need to know right now yeah uh we have had some uh reviews as well which is great uh so we had one uh on the 4th of june from someone this is called 9785 uh open bracket eight really cool name really catchy i love it uh, they gave us five stars, so thank you.
0: I was going to say, is it a bot? But now I'm like, five stars? It's, it's the best person ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: they actually say it's from L at the end, which is nice. Uh, so they, they put here, good podcast. Took me ages to find a good friend's podcast. It did irritate me some of the mistakes, but it did not lose a star for me as you did pick up on it. So I do, uh, we, we've mentioned this uh, quite a few times now, and I do wonder if the mistakes that we have are just the one mistake that I've since corrected. Yes. Mm-hmm. I That's my mistake. Yes, yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it is a great podcast, and it took me ages to find a friend's podcast, and especially one that's still posting. Which we've mentioned before that there are other friends' podcasts out there, but they don't seem to have posted in a while, sadly. Uh, and it's probably a four and a half star, but that was not an option. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. I mean, technically,
0: uh, five stars is the only option.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great effort, and it shows in the podcast. So, yeah, thank you very much. Elle. I hope you're enjoying the show. Um, you know, just tell us how we can be better, and we will try our best. To, to basically bring you some free, awesome entertainment yep. uh, every week for at least an hour, if not two. So, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and if you are enjoying our free content and you know, have too much money and want to give us some money, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash watching friends. There's ad free versions of the show. We do a bonus episode every month where we uh, are currently covering Joey. Uh, so, we're going through every episode of that. Sometimes we mix it up with just random episodes talking about random stuff random things yeah and uh yeah you can feel smug that you're getting things a little bit better and you get to help support us and help us do this podcast we greatly appreciate it and you can also find us uh, as you mentioned on facebook and twitter at friend at uh, watching friends pod what sorry at Watch Friends Pod. No, just who remember. Yeah. I don't now know. doesn't who remember the socials. <laughs> yeah. I'll stick with it. Uh,
0: one thing I will seriously add about the Patreon though is that obviously last episode we had our very first guest yeah. uh, on the show. That's entirely possible because of the equipment we're able to buy because of the Patreon. Yeah. Um so, yeah, when we say, like, we appreciate the help, we do because it's helping, helping us improve the podcast and making it more entertaining for you guys. So, when we say we appreciate it, it's not like a, let's just say lip service and pretend we do. We genuinely do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, because that, that money goes towards, uh, you know, we bought a third mic, we bought some leads for it, we bought the stand for it. Like, it, it adds up as well as the hosting costs. Uh, buy them a pizza as well. <laughs> uh, we, we do treat our guests nicely here, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know I know some other podcasts, they have way more patrons because uh, they have hundreds. Uh, we're, we're not even in the tens. But, you know, they're like, hey, we, we give them money for their time, which is really cool. Nice. Um, if we ever got to that stage, that would be cool to do too. But for now, a pizza's fine.
0: I mean, I'm going to say right now, it depends how close they are.
1: <laughs> okay. Like, how much do they get? If
0: they're as close as, obviously, Jess and I were, uh, she gets no money. She right. can have food, but she's not getting paid. If If... I don't know whether, but I don't know. There needs to be a line where if I would make any joke in front of them that I would in front of you, yep. they don't get paid. Right, okay. But if there's a professional degree in <laughs> professional courtesy, they can have some money.
1: Okay. Uh, and yeah, and if Matt LeBlanc comes on... He gets he gets whatever he wants. Uh, naked Ryan, there we go. Job done. That's what he wants. I'm sure he would enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you, you can write to us on Facebook and Twitter. So we do respond. We do love the messages. It's great. And you can also write to us and tell us what we do wrong, what we do right, your random thoughts on an episode... Anything you want, really. Uh, There's a contact form on the website, watchingfriends.com. Send us a message. Say hi. Yeah. It's always nice to hear from our fans. And I think that is it from us for another week. I hope you've really enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with episode four of season three. Cheerio. Goodbye.